Hey, this is Bad Child, and you're listening to Tobin tonight. Welcome to Tobin tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on this. Uh, I was really excited to talk. I want to get into a few things with you because. Um, I, I do like when we have acts on just to kind of, you know, have a general chat with them, but also like get a little bit to, to know them. Cause I know with a lot of interviews per se, they'll ask you, you know, your usual, like, where'd you grow up? Um, you know, who are your influences, which we'll get to, but on this podcast, which make it a little bit different, we kind of get into the act of like, you know, what kind of TV shows were you watching? What kind of movies were you watching? Like, tell us a little bit about your childhood. Um, so I hope you're up for that. Oh, I'm I'm open for anything. What I really want to start with is, you know, because we had a few of these acts on as well. Like, you know, we've had Tyler Shaw on, we've had Olivia Lunny on that were all involved in this, um, you know, Stronger Together movement. And, of course, that that song mm-hmm. that they all teamed up to, to sing. Um, but tell me a little bit about how you got involved in that project. Uh, well, you know, Tyler reached out and... Uh... It, it just kind of seemed like a, a right fit. And I mean, it's, uh, it's really funny because uh, I mean, Bill Withers has always been one of my icons personally. And so to be involved in that with so many, you know, terrific Canadian icons and whatnot, and, you know, especially singing a song that is so close to me is a pretty special experience. I think. Explain that a little bit further. Like what was your relationship with Tyler, like, did someone give him your information? Have you had like previous, uh, like run-ins with each other? Like, I- explain that relationship a bit. Uh, well, we work at the, uh, you know, with the same label, and uh, it's funny. Like, we've, you know, we've messaged each other on Instagram before, and been like, "Yo, I like your music," or you're like, "Oh, that's a cool thing." Like, you know, we just we just hit each other up once in a while, and. This whole thing came through and uh, just opened up my email one day and I was like, oh, you want to do this? And I was like, oh, oh my God. Yeah, sure. That's, <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, I'd love to, to do that. And it's such a great cause. It's like, you know what I mean? It, it, it was uh, really organic. Now, at the time, like when you were going through this, when you're like checking your Instagram messages, like did he let you know like who the other acts are? Because like when we've had him on, he... I had asked him, like, you know, you had all these big acts on, like, you know, Sarah McLaughlin, Justin Bieber, um, you know, I think in that as well, there was like Avril Lavigne, like there were so many yeah, that I look up to. And and, and I was just there like, I, I was just there like, uh, so Tyler, like, did you let them all know what their parts were? Like, were there any egos? And he's like, no, man, they just all came together. But I'm assuming for like, it's it's cool because it sounds very Canadian to me, like for someone like, say, an Avril Lavigne, who's accomplished what she's had. And like to help out, just say the younger acts as well. But like, did did you know who was going to be a part of it, or were you just like, I'm game? Um, I had a vague idea. I um, I remember they sent an email with like a few of the names, but like a, a, a few of them were omitted. Like we didn't know. Like uh, like it was a release that was like, oh my god, that Justin Bieber's on it. I had no idea. Um, I think I was told Avril Lavigne, Brian Adams, and. Um, uh Buble, we're gonna be on it and it was like well yeah sure i'll sing with them that's uh that's a special yeah. thing you know and uh it, it, it was just very like oh as it kept growing it was like this is insane this is the 
cool Canadian moment to have been a part of. Yeah, like I, I thought it was interesting from the standpoint of like when I watched it on TV and like when Tyler was mentioning about in his episode, I was just a, like, to, to me, it's just interesting that how would you say no to it? Unless like you had some other things aligned that it just wasn't going to work out scheduling wise. But I'm like, if it came across my desk tomorrow and like, I'm not a singer at all, but if it came across my desk of, hey man, like you get to sing with Buble, Levine, Tyler Shaw. I'd be like, they know I don't sing, but they're asking me, like, okay. Yeah, you're, you're learning how to sing. <laughs> to me, in the podcasting world, that's as, like, you know, if someone's like, Conan O'Brien wants to be on your table for three, uh, John Oliver, and you're like, absolutely, where do I sign up to this? Like, why did you even ask? You just say yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, there's certainly some things you cannot refuse, like, in, in this world. That was one of them. Where it was like usually, usually I like to think about my decisions creatively or whatnot, and you know, put some time and effort. That one, I just as soon as I saw it, it was like, well, I don't even think I said yes. I think it was just so like, yeah, okay, wait, like, like, now? Okay, do you want me now? Like, like, how about now? How about now? And they'd be like, just easy, easy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to talk a little bit, of course, getting into the the musical side of your career because when I when I was just doing a brief, um, I guess, looking up some stats here because what I like to do is treat every interview kind of like a tinder date where you like you you know a little bit about the person but at the same time it's nice to be surprised and you'd be mm. surprised at how many acts are like that's refreshing i'm like yeah from a guy who's never actually got on a tinder date that's the way i broadcast <laughs> it um <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's almost like i almost feel like if i ever go on a tinder date i'm like so i know a little bit about you they're like check please i'm out i'm like well, why did you come here like you know stuff about me i know stuff about you what's going on um but uh it's funny because like when I when I did some research, like you had a song Candy, which was used in the Netflix film To All the Boys, Blood was used in the Apple campaign, Breathing Fire, radio single in Canada. Like it seems like for someone you're you're what, like twenty three? About twenty three years old? Yeah, yeah, I'm twenty three. Yeah, so like for someone that I I'll call it young to like, you know, all these songs are getting kind of recognition. Like it, it's kind of like a niche audience, which is interesting in the world that we look at things now like for example if i'm watching a tv show and i hear a soundtrack in the background i'm like that's cool now to hear that soundtrack and want to like find it on youtube so like either your marketing team is doing really well or like someone deserves a raise over there because like to get this on an apple campaign that's not just in canada worldwide uh like having the radio single in canada and then to be on a netflix film like having that song inputted there and you know, people are streaming it, watching it now, especially in COVID. So like they're going to stumble across this music and be like, I'm interested. I like this sound. I like this person. And as, as corny as it sounds, it's like, it's no longer cool to kind of be like, say on a charts or always over everyone's face. So like when you find it's like the cool kids now are like, yeah, I stumbled across that on Netflix, man. It's like, it's a really cool song. And then you're just like, all right. So that's where I feel like it's trendy. So I, kudos to you. But when you see all this, when this comes across your desk, like you got your song in this, you, you were going to put in an Apple campaign. What's going through your mind? Uh, honestly, a few different things. Like, um, what's the project? How does it align with me? Like, I mean, first off, I'm morally, it's like, well, what is it? Like, you know, am I going to watch this and regret that it exists? <laughs> or, you know, is it something that... I, cause here's the thing, like I could have the best opportunity come across my, my desk and 
if it's like if it doesn't work in my opinion and i'm not comfortable with it i'll, I'll turn it down it's just like I don't know. I like to think pretty critically about that stuff. It's uh, it's always exciting though. Like, man, sometimes I'll, you know, I'll get an email like the, that one. I just remember calling my dad and I'm like, so dad, I'm on a song with uh, Michael Bublé. Um, I, <laughs> I just, you know, and my, my dad's like, oh yeah. Okay. Holy, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's hard to uh, contain the excitement. I, the one thing I've learned though, is being in this industry is, you can't be excited until it's happened, you know, because like there's been so many opportunities I've had that I've been standing at the gate of that have, you know, been working on projects before and television shows and et cetera, et cetera. And then they pivot last minute. Oh yeah. Like, no, no, no. I, I can totally relate to that because it's like, you know, when we send out to say on this podcast interviews for, you know, if we're looking at acts in the States, they just say a Halsey, or if you're reaching out to like, say, Tennille Towns or some of these acts and like, you know, they'll come back to you and say like, oh, she's very interested. And then like, you're already in your mind going, great, let's, let's set up the date. Let's do this. I've got my questions ready, blah, blah, blah. And then they'll come back and be like, not yet though, because there's nothing to promote or can you wait a couple, like a year down the road? And I'm like, oh man, like I, you, I was false excited and it's like now we don't know if this is going to happen. Um, so yeah, I, I totally agree with yeah. you until it actually happens. It's uh, it's more or less like, and some people might look at that. Like just say, if you got off the phone with someone and you did tell them like, Hey, I'm going to be on the, or I'm going to be singing with all these people. And they're like, geez, you think you'd be more excited. You'd be like easy between now and when that happens, anything could change. Buble could like back out and say, I've got other bubbly commercials to do or like anything of that nature. <laughs> yeah truly yeah i mean that and that's the thing is like i mean i just like you know when you see it exist and people are watching it or you know consuming it or whatever it's like ah yeah, yeah. okay that feels yeah. great but, you know you know it is oh man it's 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 like it's not finalized until you actually get through it like i, I used to hear the coin of phrase of like uh unless you get it in writing pretty much like don't Right. And in mm-hmm. the podcast world, it's like, well, it's hard to get it in writing, maybe in an email, but sometimes an email can even be like, I didn't mean it when I said it that way. I'm like, okay. So it's almost like until you actually edit the episode, post the episode, then it happened. I'm at that point where someone will say to me, like, didn't you do that interview like three weeks ago? And didn't you like edit it? I'm like, yeah, but until it's posted, it's, it's, it's basically anything could happen to that, that like they could email me the next day and be like, Hey, oh, yeah you got to scrap that interview because this happened. So yeah, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, I, I kind of am interested in just the concept of the name bad child, because actually what I was going to do as a, as a funny pun to start off this episode was I was going to play some bad boys, bad boys, what you going to do. But I was like, man, what about if he doesn't like that song? And what about if he totally takes that as like, Hey, what kind of joker is on this other end of the phone? <laughs> No, no, that's, that's, that's funny as hell, man. It's, it's all good. Um, so where did you come up with, like, the, the idea or the name of, like, Bad Child? Well, I mean, I was fresh in, in high school. I think it was uh, 18, just getting out of high school. And uh, I put the song Bad Child out. It was the first song I ever wrote, ever finished. I put it out. It blew up online. I was just going by my name. I was just going by Isaiah. And... Then I was like, oh, 
maybe it should just be like a the thing. Maybe I should just name my project Bad Child. And you know, obviously there's like connotations with that. I don't consider Bad Child as in like it's like a cool thing where it's like, yo, he's bad. Yeah. I, I always consider yeah. it as like you're not good enough. You know what I mean? It's about like being doubtful of you know your yourself like you literally don't feel like a, a good child like it's like there's this like redemption in it that that i find really exciting no absolutely the the other thing that i, I kind of want to kind of poke fun here a little bit at because it's like um there's a there's a band i think they're from i want to say australia i could be wrong but like it's tones and i and they have a song called bad child oh. and like I, I I was like, do yeah. you ever feel like when people like, do you feel like that's a good publicity kind of for you? Because when people look up Bad Child, they might come across that, but then they're like, oh, there's also there's this this there's there's this guy named Bad Child. But also, it's kind of funny because in the world we live in now, and I, I think it's like good timing for you as well. Is in the WWE world they have Bad Bunny, so it's almost like someone's like, oh man, like what's that person's name? It's Bad something, and it's like, it's like, oh, it's definitely Child Bunnies or something and then they stumble across you like just by stumbling like doing all this research and it's like you know what i was here for bad bunny but i stumbled across bad child and i'm going to stay with this so i mean it's a perfect time to have your name as bad something <laughs> yeah truthfully man that's that's the thing <laughs> i um i feel really happy about uh the name i chose it, you know what i mean it doesn't i don't feel limited by it there's a ton of there's a ton of good ops there yeah, yeah. I feel like you know what that should be like. Your, I'm putting words in the mouth there, but that should be like your future goal one day to be like performing with Tones and I, and they're like singing "Bad Child," and then the next minute you come out on stage and they're like we've been singing "Bad Child" this whole time, but here is the actual "Bad Child," and you, and then you do your thing, and then it's like, man, that's a that's a perfect perfect combo right there. Yeah, we, we gotta we gotta set this up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I will contact them personally and just be like, hey. You know, you know that song you're singing. We actually have an artist with that, with that name. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, on the personal side here because I I read, and again, this is you know totally. If you don't want to talk about it, it's totally up to you. But I read that like you lost your mom at a young age. If you don't mind me asking, like, um, what what exactly was like the cause, and how did this kind of affect you moving forward? Yeah, we can talk a bit about that. I mean, um, I was 16, like, still in high school and stuff. And, you know, she had struggled with a lot of different stuff in her lifetime. And she had a, something called a heart arrhythmia. And uh, so her heart um, just stopped in her chest one day while we were at, at school. And, um, yeah, it was a, a really, uh, like, traumatic experience. I mean, you know, I was the one that found her and it was like a whole thing. Like I, you know, like I know first aid and all that. So it was really intense. And, um, you know, obviously that affected me a lot. <laughs> like I, uh, you know, I got diagnosed with like post-traumatic stress disorder from a lot of this stuff, uh, I experienced in that time period. It, you know, but a lot of ways music, saved me because that that part of my life was um y you know what i mean like i i can't even describe like the the people i was around those experiences the uh, you know i i saw four people die 
like in in front of me when I was not even 18. <laughs> and like, I, you know, I don't really talk very much about that stuff, but like that very long-term lasting mental health effects and that I've, I've, I struggle with every day, but you know, I, I'm trying to be a lot more vocal about it because I think it's an important thing for people to know, like, Hey, you know, like <laughs> that shit happens in life. And, you know, when it does, like, you need to know that you're not weird for feeling undue. Yeah, like, no, and, and, and I, I don't, I, I, again, I don't mean, like, the pressure you're on it, and I, I like that you're basically coming out and saying, like, you knew, you do need to be kind of, like, a little bit more open on it, but it's just, when you were mentioning, of course, about being, like, the, the first one there, I mean, yeah, I can imagine, like, the, the trauma of that, because, um, you know, in a, in a similar way, but different, cause I don't want to kind of relate it or kind of offend someone by going like, well, that's not similar at all. But, uh, like I had a friend that passed away, uh, from like a car crash and you don't really like, it, you weren't close with them for maybe about a year just because things change, but like, it still kind of affects you to this day. So I can imagine if someone's like losing a parent at a young age, cause I've had classmates, um, that did and like you're just looking at it when you're like maybe 15 or 16 being like it just kind of goes over your head you always think that your mom or dad's always going to be there until you get older and then when they're not you're kind of like how do you how do you be there for that person person yeah. per se like how do you at least show that person that you know like I'm, I'm here for you but i don't know exactly how to be because i haven't gone through this like i think in a weird way an example of it is like i used to grow up or I used to grow up. I I grew up watching Friends and um, it was just to me, it was like just humor. But there's a part of it when Phoebe thinks that her mom is a cat and Ross goes, no, this is like so-and-so the cat. And Phoebe goes, have you ever lost a parent? And then he goes, no. And she goes, well, you don't know how, what it's like when one comes back. And like, there's of course a laugh track to it, but I'm like, but in her mind, that's just her way of coping. Like it's her way of being like, this could like, to me, this is my mom. And why does this affect you? Like, why are you so upset that I think this cat is my mom? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, how can he relate to that? So I'm not saying in, in any aspect that you went to an animal and said, you're my mom. But like, you get what I'm getting at is like, how do you relate to a person? No, yeah. but you know, oh no, completely. The, uh, and you, you don't, you, you don't. And I mean, like, that was the thing I remember, um, you know, obviously not knowing how to feel afterwards and and going to school again like the the week after i don't even think it was a week i think it was like four or five days i just spent sleeping and i was like yeah i need to go back to school and like just continue my life and i remember the first it's kind of funny (laughs) in the fucked up way but when i got when i got to school this this, uh this kid walks up to me he's like oh my god dude are you okay? I'm like, well, as much as I can be. And this kid's like, I would have killed myself, man. That's crazy. And I was like, yeah. I was like, yo, yeah. don't yeah. say that to me right now. And I was like, what is that energy? But like, you know, that, that whole thing, like, um, I don't think I was a popular kid. I mean, I kind of got along with everybody, but after that, man, like lots of people started to like be really weird around me. Cause I think I reminded them of mortality or something. And like, this is like that kid and like all, all I did all day was art. Like I didn't do a whole lot else. Like it was just like the place I went to like escape that. Cause it was like, Oh man, these people think I'm weird. 
Yeah, no, I, I think it's interesting because like I, I can kind of relate to it in like two sides because like the kid that came up to you and said, you know, geez, I, I would have killed myself. Like, I think like there's a side of that that's kind of like that's how maybe much he liked his mom or like felt like, oh, geez, like what would I do without like this person in my life? Like I, I can't live anymore. But yeah, like in another way, it's kind of like yeah. maybe phrase that a little bit better considering the circumstances we're in. But um yeah, I, and that's yeah. No, it was like it was sweet yeah. intention, but it was also like, oh man, why would you say it like that? Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just like I said. Like they don't know how to relate to it. And coming to what you said, kind of full circle here, is like when you said people kind of either treat you a little bit differently or don't know how to react. Like, um, for example, I tell my or people that listen to this podcast. Uh, I think I post on Instagram more often now, but I'm a person with a disability. Like I've had a seizure when I was 12 or like a stroke. And up until I was 12, I always kind of, I wasn't, again, wasn't popular, but I always had people around that were like, yeah, we'll, we'll kid around with them. We'll bully them a little bit, but not to the extent of like massive bullying, but it was just like humorous. It's just like childish bully, whatever. But once you turned that corner where you had the stroke, it was almost like, we're going to treat him with kid gloves. Like, yeah, we'll still bully him. But, like, easy. There's a line. And I'm like, I don't care what you throw at me. Like, if you're going to bully me, bully me. But, like, the fact that you're treating me with kid gloves, other kids would be like, oh, my God, I'm so glad they left me alone. I'm like, no, they left you alone because they're treating you completely different now. It's like they're afraid to, like, you know, tackle you in football. They're afraid to hit you in the head with dodgeballs or whatever. Cause yeah, like, and you, you, you miss out on those fundamental childhood experiences when you're when you're put into that position yeah it's almost like geez don't ask him to play hockey or don't do this because you you don't know you don't want to be the, the the kid who checks him into the boards and uh he goes like in a seizure mode and you're like okay like relax like just treat me like you did beforehand and if that happens it happens like you know if anything make it feel more normal not like less normal yeah i mean and and, and again i can really identify with with that story, um, like I, I grew up with a, a heart condition, so I, I wasn't allowed to, you know, be very physically active until I was, you know, at an age where they were sure my heart wasn't going to explode in my chest. Because that—that's all you want to see, right? Like in the middle of a soccer game, just be like, "I think, I think that kid just exploded over there." It's like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah. Oh my um, god! It, 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 <laughs> Uh, but of course, uh, with all this, like, I don't, I don't want to make it to sound like a, well, maybe in a way it's like the silver lining, I guess, of all this is like, you know, going through the, the depression, like the, I guess the loneliness of it all. And like, just trying to find yourself, um, you, I guess you kind of became like a self-taught singer, a writer, a producer, like as a way of coping. And this brings it back to, you know, getting into the, the music side of things. So like, when you look at it from that perspective, and like I said earlier, seeing your songs go on, say, Netflix, Apple, like Radio Canada, that like, do you kind of look at it in the silver lining sense of going um, more or less like this is what I've accomplished, but it, it took me a, a tough time or a tough road to get here. But you look back at it and say, I, I'm kind of glad I've gone through that, like not glad that you've lost a parent, but like that some people when they lose parents or lose someone, they just go down a completely different road where you kind of said I'm going through a struggle. I'm going to come out better. Is that like the way you look at it now? I mean, yeah. Like, the, I mean, 
immediately after all of that happened, like I was very close to going down a, a very bad road with, you know, drugs and drink and all of that. And as I got into music, it's like, well, I think music is just like a reactionary, you know, uh, art. Like when I started doing music, I felt like I was reacting and understanding myself and my emotions. And it was like, oh, that's, that's like truly special that, you know, that feeling can, can transpire after, you know, what seems like the end of the world. But, you know, in a lot of ways, it's just the beginning. Who were some of the people that you kind of inspired to be or inspired you to get into music or writing? Because I feel like, you know, understanding this conversation and listening to you explain like all that you've gone through, like I can see why when Lean On Me came to you, it wasn't just, I feel like it's just not a song for you. It was like this had some kind of impact, but like, tell me some maybe singers, some performers that maybe you looked up to or idolized. Um, well, I mean, my, my God tier list, and uh, I was definitely uh, Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails. I, you know, the, the Downward Spiral was actually the first album I ever listened to front to back. I was like, I think 11 or 12 or something. And I listened to the whole thing front to back and it felt like he was like screaming at me. And I was like, yeah, this is horrifying. And I loved it. Um, yeah, it's just like, wow, like music has that power. And, you know, then I really got into Radiohead and, uh, you know, uh, I did Trent, Radiohead, um, Kanye, uh, D'Angelo. God, I could go for uh, years. Like uh, Fiona Apple is a huge inspiration to me as well. Um, I just unparalleled talent. I mean, most of these, uh, most of my heroes are people that I think um, carved their own lane sonically and didn't try to sound like anybody else. They weren't trying to imitate or replicate. It was just oh, this is what feels good to me. And, you know, in a world with so much musical, uh, you know, homogeny, it's like hearing something truly different is so exciting to me. Coming from that standpoint, like to me, uh, like I grew up with pop music. So I grew up with, say, like the Backstreet Boys, like NSYNC, Britney Spears, like those types of, of music. But like, it's so funny to me because if someone plays a song of uh, Eminem's sing for the moment like looking at that video and those lyrics i get amped up like if i'm getting ready for a hockey game or soccer game someone's gonna be like brian that's from 2002 let leave it be i'm like you don't understand man this is this is amping this is amping me up but <laughs> when you were mentioning about finding your own sound or being something different the first band that comes to mind and some people will argue i feel like people that are probably more musically uh gifted or like more musically like a genius mind than me uh but Oasis comes to mind to for me for so, like it's it's just like a different sound because Noel has oh, his yeah, own yeah. sound, Liam has his own kind of sound. But like to see them, I guess back in the day do interviews, they just they weren't there for like PR per se. They weren't there to be like this is our latest song, check it out. They were like, whatever, man. Like what the fuck we're doing this interview for? Like you know we could be out doing this, and I'm just like I love that. I love that yeah. you're not here for this interview. I love that you're just basically like. <laughs> We're here because someone told us to be here. We know you like our music. So like, leave us be. And I'm like, all right, cool. I will like, but I'll still listen to your song. <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, it's that attitude thing too, where it's just like, 
you know, some people make music for other people. And I think those are the people that are like extremely excited for all of this sort of thing. But, you know, there's people that are like, ah, I make this for myself and I don't care if you like it or not. So let's just talk. Yeah. Like, and that's, and you know what? Like I, I can't speak for them, but it's like, I feel like, so we've had acts on like say the Larkins that are like a UA or UK band. And like, I'd say like the 1975 come to mind where like, I'm sure they do interviews and they're like uh, grateful for them. But like, I feel like they could care less if you like them. Great. If you don't, you don't. But if you tweeted at them or like fallout boy, it's same thing where you're like, Hey, I didn't really like this song. They're like, great. Who cares? We did. So continue on. Um, cause it was, it's funny. Cause I, so I'm like a big fan of like say punk music too, but, uh, it, it's funny when you see like acts get to meet their own, uh, people that they looked up to. Cause I think there was a time that I had Mark Hoppus on music, or I think it was just Mark on music from like Blink-182 and he had, uh, Patrick Stump on from Fallout Boy. And he mentioned the kind of the joke of him of like, does, do people come up to you after a show and say, yeah, it was a great show, but I didn't like that you didn't play the song and patrick said to him like yeah people did that and he's like i think i did that with you one time when we were when i was younger and he's like you you don't really think about it because it's your favorite song or your favorite tune they didn't play but he said as a musician you're kind of like it just deflates you because you're like dude we played 20 awesome songs we didn't play the one that you like and now you just killed our whole mood and it's like yeah, and I just thought it was interesting because, like, if you ever have those moments with acts, you're like, oh, I've, I've never thought of it that way. It's like doing an interview with Conan and being like, um, it's like, yeah, I really like this bit, but I didn't like that bit. And you know, in your mind, you're like, that's just my opinion. But to them, they're like, man, I really gave it my all on that bit. And you're saying you didn't like it. I'm like, I I'm sorry. Like, I, I just didn't. And they're like, okay, well, screw you. <laughs> well, I think that's the one thing that is like in, uh, yeah, I think worthless about certain critiques is it's just like when everything's done and you finished it and you don't have an option to go back in time and change it. Why are you telling me that? What, where does that information go? Like, is there like a closet in my brain that that's supposed to sit in? And I could just like, <laughs> like what, what is the purpose of learning that? I remember doing like a high school play and uh, I got coaxed into doing this thing. And I was like, Oh hell, like I'll do it. And, I did it and yeah, it was fine. And the last night, like the 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 whole thing, I finish it and the, the director walks up to me. He's like, "You sang better yesterday." And I'm like, "Why would you tell me that? Like, it's not going to go anywhere. Like, I like, I'm, there's not. We're not playing tomorrow. Why? Why? Why would you tell me that? That's just going to sit in my brain now. It's just going to take space up. <laughs> like." I feel like I feel like it's almost like they just don't really think about it. It's like it's just something that comes in their mind. It's almost as if they're telling you, like, you know, just down the road, down the road, if you ever do something two or three years from now, just remember, don't sing like you did tonight. Sing like you did the other night. It's like, okay, but that's like two or three years <laughs> down the road from now. It's like maybe things have changed. Maybe my voice changes. Maybe, like, maybe then I'm better than the night that you're referring to. Or maybe you'll come up to me that night and be like, hey – actually i seen you two nights ago when you sang better that night like, can you just stop leave me alone like like just enjoy it or don't enjoy it so to, to kind of clue it up here uh with bad child here i wanted you to kind of talk a little bit about your uh your latest song and how that kind of came to be and what do you expect i guess in 2021 well million bucks was a funny journey for me i mean a lot of it was inspired by going to 
the corner store with my grandmother when I was a kid. It was the you know the sounds of the uh, the lottery machines, um, and like <laughs> in corner stores, it's so bizarre to me, you know, and just hearing like Winner Gagnon, just like the shout out and the you know annoying lights and and stuff flashing on it. I, I always thought it was funny, you know. She'd always say, "Oh, go buy a scratch ticket, and we're gonna win a million bucks tonight." And I always like was always like, wow, yeah, so money is gonna fix everything. Well it won't. But that that's the the song is almost a sarcastic take on that. It's like the futility of uh, you know, money in the face of love and that, you know, companionship and friendship. Like uh, I think it's uh like all of the verses on that song are supposed to be this overblown hype train of like ah uh, you know like oh, Robert and Bank we're wanting to come to these uh like you're gonna make so much money blah, blah, blah. it's just that old adage and I thought singing it sarcastically and then arriving at that chorus you know where it talks about it and it's like well you know this doesn't mean anything without you so it doesn't mean anything at all like and at least sonically, I wanted that song to sound like the inside of a watering machine, like just, just bizarre, like I wanted it to feel like Vegas. I wanted it to feel disgusting, like a pop-up advertisement, and be shrill and annoying, and uh, I think I accomplished it. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Bad Child for coming on to the show. Remember... You can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying thank you for listening and good night. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Come on a journey like no other where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.